right, so I have a question. Oh. Because we were talking about beers earlier. When was the first time you guys remember drinking alcohol? The first time I remember alcohol ever touching my lips was probably like I was nine years old and it was a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. I was digging it. Like, (laughs) my my dad didn't give a shit, right? So, yeah. That was great. I don't think, and uh, at some point he let me try a beer and I fucking spit it out because horse piss and all that shit, right? Like, I was young and I was like, this is nasty. Um, But years later, I said years. I was probably, yeah, because he was, I was probably 14 or 15. Oh, this is so fucked up. (laughs) So, I don't know if it's like a show or whatever, but apparently there was a show on, uh, I guess it was maybe AMC or some shit. It was about moonshiners. Did you guys ever hear about that or see that? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a movie with Charlie Hunnam and Shia LaBeouf that I remember. Or not Charlie Hunnam. Uh, I think it's actually... What's his, what's his name? Uh, Bane. Bane. Oh! Uh, <laughs> uh, Hardy. Tom Hardy. There we yep. go. So this one's actually a show, and I don't remember what it is. Um, but it has to do with Moonshiners out in Robbinsville, North Carolina. Oh, I think. okay. So uh, my dad personally knew them. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Uh, So we would make our little runs to go get moonshine, and we would go out, and we would go to Robbinsville, North Carolina, and then we'd come back with some Sprite bottles that, for some reason, weren't fizzy when you shook them up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, So he obviously explained to me what alcohol or what kind of moonshine, you know, what it was and all that stuff because I was perplexed. I was like, this is foreign to me. Um, and he said it's like it's super strong. It's like he told me how they make it and stuff like that. Um, he showed me like the flame of how it burns, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then he was like, you want to try some? And I'm like, yeah, like of course I want to try some. Um, that was a mistake because <laughs> first off, it tastes like shit. Like moonshine mm-hmm. does not taste good to me, and it certainly didn't taste good to 14, 15 year old me. Um, but that was that was certainly a night. I, I will never forget that night because it wasn't just I probably took a few shots of moonshine. It's like he didn't go overboard. Like his thing was like I would rather you do it here than you go out and party and you know, do crazy shit with other people. Like just do it here with me. And that worked because I never went out and I never did any of that shit. Um So it was just a crazy night and I remember like I remember being in the house at one point and like snacking on something. And the next thing I know, literally I was like, I blinked and I'm outside on the trampoline, like laying on my back, looking at the stars, like asking questions about how I got there. It was a fucking crazy night, but it went from Mike's hard lemonade to moonshine for me. <laughs> it was beautiful. Pretty substantial jump. That's insane. Yeah. I was Austin. 18. Surprisingly. Really? Yep. I, I dude, like I told you guys, I was a good little Christian boy. I didn't do anything I except don't. smoke pot. I yeah. did do that, but I had never, I had never tried alcohol until I was eighteen. 
uh, it was at a, it was with a bunch of friends and I, I didn't even know I was drinking it. I thought I was just drinking juice because I couldn't taste the alcohol in it. So I had no fucking clue until about halfway through the cup and I realized what it was and I was like, oh shit, it's starting to get kind of fucking hot in here. And I'm starting <laughs> to slur my words. And uh, when, I, I guess I had told them that I never drank before because the next thing I remember after that was being held down to a chair and they were lifting a bottle of vodka in the back. Oh, God. Wow. That was a terrible, every, that was a bad night. That was an awful fucking night. It did not. I remembered at some point in the middle of the night, I was just laying in the front yard, just in the driveway, just chilling. Don't remember how I got there or why I was there. Bro, that is wild. You were like assaulted. That is pretty much assault. (laughs) Oh my god. I am so sorry. And then every time I've ever gotten super drunk after that has just never been a pleasurable occasion. Mm. So I just don't drink. What about uh, what about you, Josh? Well, the first time that I ever had any like whatsoever, um, I was hanging out with a friend that I was working with. Um, probably was like sixteen, I think, and um, he knew the guy who worked at the local gas station or something like that. And I don't remember what exactly. Uh, the name of it was, but it was an energy drink that had alcohol in it. Oh, like a Sparks? I think that's it. I th- yep. Was it like a yellow can? Yep. 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 Uh, so, and he was like, uh, he was like, here, try this with me. And I was like, okay. And I just thought it was an energy drink. And <laughs> I was like, this tastes real weird. I'm not like, shouldn't they usually be like sugary? And yeah. it was like a year later I found out about the one called Cocaine. Do you remember that one? Oh, dude, I do. Yeah. Cocaine was wild. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was like uh, <laughs> it was probably 16 or 17. He handed me, like, one of the, the sparks or whatever it was and was like, here you go. And then I I don't remember, like, anything crazy happening, but, like, I do remember the first time, like, I I knew, like, that I was actively consuming alcohol (laughs) was fucking wild. I don't really remember the night. Uh, It was, I think it was a friend's birthday party. And all I remember was, at at one point, I was like, what was it? I I forget what they told me I said, but I, I said something to the effect of, like, Oh, I could do this all night. And then, like, the very next, like, minute, I was, like, face down on, like, a table. (laughs) (laughs) It's always when you get really confident that it hits you the hardest. Yeah. Welcome, you are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. I 
am not going to finish reading that sentence uh, because because that would that would be real weird. Uh, yeah, we have a uh, an interesting show for you. It is our uh, patron voted topic of the show. We do these monthly, obviously. Uh, but on top of on top of the topic, we're going to be talking about the things that we have done recently and the games that we have been playing. So, you know, strap in for all of that. We also, as usual, have the regularly scheduled picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan Contaminated Martin and Austin Contaminator Stevens. (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) It means he... Contaminated you, obviously. Yeah. He, what's the word? He he made me impure. <laughs> yeah. Did he um penetrate your ear holes with the dulcet tones of his voice? Yeah, after mm. or not before he tilted my head back and stuffed a tequila bottle down my throat. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Wait, Austin is your dad? <laughs> Austin's like I'm Damn, uncomfortable. I guess I'm behind on child support. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, actually, why don't you pay my car payment? <laughs> oh boy. Wait, you you were saying you have a car payment? Or is your? It's not a PT Cruiser. What the hell is it called? Uh, your car. Who's it's car? a. Oh no, that one's dead and gone. Oh really? Yeah. You were still no. You might have been gone. No, I have a little. You and I drive not the same thing, but similar things. I have a. That's Cherokee. right. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Damn. I used to park next to you, and I'm like, "This is my buddy." It's like I was your little duckling. You know. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I was leading you around with my gigantic ass. Yep. Oh God. Dumb truck. It's fucking. Just. If I could just smack your ass one day, just if, once. If I could get everyone in my life to stop objectifying my body, it would be wonderful. Well, that's not how it works. America. <laughs> America, the land of the free and the home of the... Objectification. Objectification. Yep. Good Dude, said, I'm a man. You think I'm going to stop objectifying yeah. you? No. <laughs> Crazy. Uh... Well, uh, yeah. How you, how you boys been? How, it's uh, Austin. It's been three out of the last or two. Mm, huh? It has been two out of the last four episodes that we've recorded that you haven't been here. So, Damn what are you doing? True. What? Why are you dying on the inside? <laughs> I wish I knew, bro. <laughs> Listen, it was just too goddamn hot last week. You know, I, you're not people wrong. Are listening to this, and it's like I want them to. We said that during the episode. I know I that wasn't to a joke. Yeah, it wasn't a joke. It was literally hot in his house. No, it was very well. And to be fair, I had just got home from work, and uh, and also very hot. Twelve uh, warehouse for twelve hours. That's true. So kind of took it out of you, or took it out of me by the time I got fucking home, and my house wouldn't get lower than eighty fucking degrees. That was miserable. 
Yeah. That is so wild. I would have a stroke. Mine's my apartment sitting at 68 right now, and I will literally throw a hissy fit if it goes to 70. I was literally in my boxers in the game room on the couch, just like on the verge of tears. I was like, I'm so hot. I'm so miserable. This sucks. I just want my AC fixed. And then my landlord fixed it. So. Hey, there you go. Piece of shit. Oh. Is that like uh, my experience with AT&T? Probably. Yesterday? What um, was your experience? Oh, I yesterday, Kayla and I, we, wa- we walked downstairs. We went to the entertainment room. We were like, okay, we're going to watch an episode of Severance before um, you know, before we go to bed. It's been a while. Or, well, it hasn't been a while. I don't know why I just said that. Um, but we're going downstairs. We're getting everything set up. And then... Uh, Kayla reminds me, oh, hey, the internet's not working. Um, remember, I haven't had access to, like, Instagram or whatever on my phone. I was like, oh, okay, I'll go fix it real quick. So I come in, I reset the router. Doesn't work. And then it continues to not work for the next, like, 20 minutes while I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Well, the thing is, we have AT- AT&T for our phone service as well. And... We have the fucking worst service around our house. Like, we can get calls inside the house on occasion, but half the time we have to take them outside or else people can't hear us or we can't hear people. And it is very annoying. So, yeah. So, it's like 8.40 or so, and I'm like starting to freak out because I'm like, it's all right if we don't have internet tonight, but like work literally requires me to have access to the internet or else, you know, I have to like go somewhere and I'm, I don't feel comfortable necessarily going to Starbucks and I sure as fuck am not getting up at like five in the morning to be able to get ready to drive all the fucking way to Athens, uh, to go to the office. Just like that can get fucked. Um, so I was like, we need to drive over to the AT&T store and see what the fuck is going on. Because, again, we can't call customer service because we don't have service at our fucking house. Like, ridiculous. Anyway, uh, we ended up going out. The guy was like, oh, yeah, like, uh, there's a, um, uh, there's an outage right now. Uh, we talked to somebody about, you know, 10 minutes ago they said that it should be up in about 30 minutes and I was like okay awesome thank you so much you know whatever and I I felt really bad because we rolled up and it was like 8.50 like 5 or so and I went over and I opened like I I tugged on the door and it was closed and I was like fuck me you know whatever and then the, the guy comes up and he's got like he's put on his mask he's got his little iPad out like he's he's ready to have like a long fucking thing like I could just see it in his eyes and he's like, or I was like, hey, uh, I don't really have service at my house, so I can't call customer service, but our internet's out. Uh, we just wanted to see if there was, like, something, like, that we needed to do, whatever. And he's like, no, you're good. Uh, it'll be up in 30 minutes. I was like, okay, awesome. So then, as I'm on my way back home, uh, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, we never have service. What if something like this happens again? Like, we should probably call them and be like, 
hey, we don't have access to, you know, basic fucking necessities inside of our home when it comes to your service. So we're going to fucking call and have them, like, take a look at this shit and, and get it figured the fuck out. Well, we call, and, uh, boy, this guy takes us through, like, four or five different steps, and none of them fucking, like, work, and Kayla, at one point, has to, like, he asked her to reset all of her settings, um, not, like, wipe her phone, but, like, reset, like, settings or whatever, so she lost her face ID, she lost all of her passwords that were saved in her phone, um, her fucking, uh, background image on her phone was changed all this shit and it didn't even fucking work to uh to help our our signal so that was really fucking infuriating and they didn't help us at all and fuck them i don't know why the hell i'm telling that story (laughs) well fuck at i was about to say we've said it since the beginning of time fuck at&t and that's why it is true since the beginning of time we have said fuck at&t yeah. Unless they offer a sponsorship, then you guys are good. Exactly. <laughs> if you're offering me millions of dollars to push your product, I will. Okay. Yeah, I always wondered if I would sell myself and what I believe in if I was offered enough money. I think it depends. <laughs> I think I'd have to have the money in front of me first. So let's. Do, I'm going to yeah. say that it won't happen. Prove me wrong. Prove you wrong. I Give can't prove money. you wrong. Give me um, anything over a thousand bucks, and I'll do it. Anything over a thousand bucks. I don't think I'm that cheap. <laughs> I think I, I have a limit. Like with AT and T, I don't like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm gonna have to see some substantial dollars, like, to make any kind of swaying. Lots of dollars. Like thousand bucks, not gonna cut it. Ten thousand, still. You know, I'm I'm talking big right now, but ten thousand I, I don't think is gonna cut it. You, you, you maybe maybe twelve thousand. Yeah. You know what I mean, let's. Mm-hmm. I need something a little more substantial. Fund mm. the podcast. We all need new mics. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yep. We need new mics real hard. You know, well, I'm not gonna get into that. We need to go ahead and talk about what Dylan's been doing. I I'm, I I'm going to combine <laughs> these both into one. Uh, why did I have to go first? You don't have okay. to. No. See, I don't have no, problems going first. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> he did the same shit to me on the bop, like when we had his episode. I was like, hey, I know you really don't like going first and everything. He was like, no, I have no problems going first. And he just dove right into it. Oh, my God. I had a stroke. My eye was twitching. I tell. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I watched two movies this week. So I had to watch Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom to get caught up to know what the fuck was going on uh, in the new movie because we were going to go see it. We saw it last night. Um I'm not really going to talk too much about Fallen Kingdom because it's pretty much it just resonates into Dominion. Um, have either of you seen it? Planning on seeing it? Nope. Uh, I have seen Fallen Kingdom. I have not seen Dominion, and I don't plan on it. Okay. Um, again, with this, it's like I don't know why it took me three movies to realize this. You know, between World and Fallen Kingdom, and now Dominion, but it's like it's just not. 
Jurassic anything anymore, it feels like. <laughs> um, You're not wrong at all. Dude. From I, what I remember of World, I think I agree. And it just substantially got worse with each. World was more parky than Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom was more parky than fucking Dominion. Dominion might as well be... I When we got out of the movie, and everyone's asking my opinion, and everyone's like, oh, it's so good, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it was a good action movie. That's what it was, because it had fucking so much action to it and not enough dinosaur. Like, there's hardly... I'm not going to say there's hardly any dinosaurs within this movie, but, like, they almost felt obsolete or just pointless. Like, mm-hmm. it was just they were on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're they're always there and they're always in the movie, but it just feels like this movie is so about the people and the problem that the people are causing. There was at one point in this shit, I, I shit you not, it was during a fucking chase scene between a motorcycle and fucking two little velociraptors through some city it's like all of this is happening and I'm like do you know what I'm watching right now I'm watching The Walking Dead because it's like it's the same premise mm-hmm. the dinosaurs are just as obsolete as the fucking zombies like halfway through The Walking Dead we understand that the zombies aren't the problem anymore they're not a threat like they can walk through you know herds and herds of walkers and they they, they never face any consequence and that's what the dinosaurs feel like in this movie it's like, that's not what Jurassic Park is. Or that's not what it was to me. And it's like, I understand that this is taking it a different direction. This is supposed to be a different kind of movie. But it's like, this really didn't have to happen. Like, it, it felt so, I guess, phoned in. Like, it was just like, you have these dinosaurs in the movie for bits and pieces of time. Like, small snippets, right? But there's never any consequence whatsoever for them being on the screen because every single person that's in this movie, like every single like main character, right? Because they brought back the three original uh, actors from Jurassic Park, and now we have like Chris Pratt and um, Bryce Dallas, and we have the girl who plays Maisie. I forget what her name is, but we have these six characters, and every time they come around a dinosaur, their plot armor is so thick, it is shining <laughs> through the screen, dude. There is no fear whatsoever because, like, these raptors who are chasing Chris Pratt on this motorcycle have fucking assaulted and massacred things up until this point, but the second that we're just driving through a city, all of a sudden, we're not fucking apex predator anymore. Like, we don't know how to kill shit and tackle, and it's like, it's just, it's it's just poor action movie sequences after poor action movie sequences. And like when I say that there's no threat from the dinosaurs, there's also no threat from any of the other shit that happens in this movie. Um, like, Oh my God. It's, it's, it was so infuriating. Like, and the shitty part is is for an action movie, I kind of liked it, but (laughs) I'm going to say a lot of bad shit about this movie. (laughs) Um, there was one point where they're they're flying a plane and they're having to go to this island surprise and throughout the island is like this aerial defense system and it keeps the the aerial predators at bay like they won't come and attack like incoming helicopters planes whatever mm-hmm. so here come the fucking trio and they're coming to save the day and big evil mad scientist man of this movie surprise um, says shut the shut the air system down. Let the let the birds attack them. Okay, so here they come. Birds attack the plane, rip the shreds. No surprise there. 
When I say rip it to shreds, I mean planes going down. And there's only one seat in this plane that has an ejector seat, and it's where, uh, uh, what the fuck's her name? Is it Claire? Bryce Dallas Howard's character? Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. I, I think that's right. So she has to eject. She has the only injector seat. Chris Pratt's like, I'll find you. It'll be okay. Like, he, he's going down, and he doesn't have a fucking seatbelt or a hope and a prayer in the world, but he knows he's going to be okay, and by God was he, because when she ejects and the plane crashes into a frozen fucking lake, and it's like doing the zooming pan into it to see if they're okay, of course the hatch pops off the top of the plane, and he stands out. I shit you not, this plane crashed. No seatbelt, no protection, no nothing. He does not have a speck of blood or scratch on him. There is no damage. It looks like he had a fucking, inv- like an invincibility cheat code. And the pilot, no fucking damage whatsoever either. There is no hurt. They're not out of breath. They're not winded. And to make matters worse, like a minute into this little scene... They're on the frozen lake, like I told you. Here comes a fucking feathered velociraptor that can swim, right? On a frozen lake. He falls into the frozen lake and gets out on top of it. He is not chilled. He is barely wet. Like, they're running into an elevator. He's, she's like, you okay? To get away from the raptor or whatever. She's like, you okay? He was like, yeah, I'm fine. He's not winded. He's not cold. He's not chilled. You just fell into a fucking frozen lake after plummeting and crashing into the lake into, you know, from a plane. It's like there's just no <laughs> consequence to this movie whatsoever, and it felt so painful to make it through that. It's like I'm just watching action sequence after action sequence, and there's just no payoff. It's like there's no... I'm never worried about what's going to happen to these characters because in the end, it's all going to be okay. And it's like the dinosaurs are just a byproduct. They're on the back burner. It's like they, they don't really care because ultimately, like the walking dead, the people are the problem. And that's the problem we're trying to solve. So three quarters of the way through this movie, like all the branching story arcs, because there's like three different story arcs, they culminate together. And then it starts to get a little better for me. Um, but it's just because like everyone's on screen now and it's like, I don't have to worry about who's doing what here and how they're not dying over there. Um, but it's like towards the end of the movie, like you see this, it's the new apex. It's the new big bad dinosaur, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not the T-Rex. It's like a gigantinomosaur or something fucking weird like that. Like it's, and they say it through the movies like, this is the biggest apex carnivore to ever exist. It's like, okay. Guess what was completely fucking irrelevant <clears throat> through this whole fucking movie? That the the fucking the the big bad carnivore like you want to you want to introduce it and you want to show it and you want to make it seem like this, you know, ferocious monster had hardly any interaction with the cast whatsoever and when they did it's like the cast were fucking gods like of course they've been around dinosaurs and they've handled shit like this before but it's a fucking apex predator and you just you all just like it's almost like that let me solo her for millennia and elden ring it's like that's what jeff goldblum's character fucking does like it was he (laughs) solos this fucking gigantic it was so just inconsequential the whole entire movie um, and it's like there's there's just no realism, there's no threat, and it's like all I'm watching is a is like a little bit of espionage and like a a, a coming of age story with the little girl, and it's like like even with the 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 bringing back like um you know Grant and J- whoever the other two 
fucking original characters were like they were all great and i enjoyed a lot of the stories that were happening around them but it's like by the end of this movie it's just like thank god that has to be it like there can't be jurassic world 4 there's just they they can't if they do it's literally going to be going back to another island right like mm-hmm. that's just what it seems like but i don't know it's just it was it was I mean, that's the only thing I can say. It was a decent action movie. It's a terrible Jurassic movie. Mm. Um, I could, I could, sadly enough, just keep going because I was so frustrated with like how it was constructed. It's like <laughs> I wanted to go to see a dinosaur movie, and I got Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> that's honestly my like biggest complaint with this new trilogy altogether is they don't like the first one really funnily enough, like it is trying its hardest to feel like a Jurassic park movie to the point that it kind of forgets that it's supposed to be a Jurassic park movie. Like there is, uh, I think that there's some maybe valid commentary in the movie about like, the um how do i want to put this but like the commodification of ip i think that there is like for sure some uh some commentary on like how like when you have something that's popular you you make it again or like or like you kind of turn it into a product sort of thing i think that that can be found in that first movie but it's not interesting in the least and actively the movie fights against that by like just trying to cram down like cram down your throat things that you've already seen before yeah and the second one the fallen kingdom one was so utterly awful that like i just i could not for the life of me bring myself to care to go see this third movie and and like they don't feel like the thing that annoys really me is is what you said. They turned into action movies. And, like, that that first movie, Jurassic Park, the one that's, like, fucking perfect, and the one that every other fucking movie since then has kind of forgotten, is it's not an action movie. It's a horror movie. And yes. there are real stakes to that movie. Anybody could have died at any time. Like, it wasn't a matter of, like, these guys have plot armor or anything like that. Like... There are several times where it seems like Ellie is going to die. You know what I mean? And it just yeah. so happens that she doesn't. There are several times where the kids are going to die. And it just so happens that they don't. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like the magic is completely gone from the series. It has been for a while. But, like, I don't know, man. I I'm glad that you hated it. Uh, probably as much as I did, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or no, would have. I mean, it would definitely would would have been a hate for you. I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts on it when it comes to streaming services. Like, I was telling Sabrina, like they're just not going to drop the Jurassic IP. Unfortunately, yeah, I know no. them. It's a cash cow. They're not going to do it. But what I hope that they do is just stop with this storyline. This storyline mm-hmm. does not need to continue. This wraps it up perfectly. There's a there's like redemption for some of the characters that have. Um, come this far like it was a great ending for um, Owen and Claire and Maisie and Blue like all great endings so I told Sabrina what I'd love to see happen 
is in this. I wanted this to be like a 10 year thing. Like I don't want to see Jurassic shit for 10 years. That's like my ideal. But when it comes back, what this does set up is like a possibility for like dinosaurs are a part of the world now. Like they're very much a part of the world. And on top of that, like now there's this giant safe haven where this island resonates, where it's left over. Like everything that was the byproduct of what happened in this, the island's still there. And this is like their sanctuary. But on top of that, they do exist within the world itself. And it's like what I'd love to see happen is like come to find out like decades later, like human existence could not coalesce with the dinosaurs. And now it's like we're almost in like a Horizon Zero Dawn situation where mm. humanity is on the brink of like it's it's nothing. And it's like I, I would love to see like humanity has collapsed on itself and now they're like these little tribes and like we've we've almost gone primal again but with like modern tech elements to it kind of like i guess that really true the like the horizon situation like that's where i'd like to see it go but no time soon because that's the only thing they could do at this point Mm -hmm. um but yeah no i'm disappointed in the Jurassic part of the name, but like, for, like I said, the action bits were—I mean, they were fine. There were some cool dinosaurs. I have not heard one single person say anything good about that movie yet. You can—I mean, Sabrina liked it, but she's also she can. If you point it to a dinosaur in any book, she'll tell you what the name of it is. It's fucking weird. It's amazing, <laughs> but it's she liked it. Yeah. Well, she was like, "What was your favorite new dinosaur?" And I was like, "I don't know. I hardly saw any of them." <laughs> 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 Motherfuckers just weren't even there. Yeah, um, they did have some cool ones though that were new. I, I will admit, but it's just like, again, they were just a on the back burner. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Well, yep. uh, Austin, I I haven't done anything this week. Weirdly enough, or or that's that's not actually true. I have done things. I just there are things that I ha- don't yet want to talk about because I haven't finished them. Oh, okay. So. So I, I leave this this next like five ten minutes to you. Tell me about things you've done. Cool. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, about two weeks ago, Madison and I started watching uh, Kakagiri on Netflix. Uh, it is a Netflix original anime. Uh, this shit's kind of weird, dude. <laughs> like this is, for you? Yeah, for me. This is, like, this is very... i got to turn the gain up on my mic. It sounds weird. Um, Okay, so, essentially, it takes place in, like, a private high school where uh, some of the most powerful and richest people in the world send their kids. Uh, For some reason, there's, like, four male students here, and the rest is just female. I don't know if that's, like, intentional or or what happened with that, but it's... It it makes the setting even even more weird. Um, And... Unlike most most like uh, school hierarchies, like with popularity and stuff like that, uh, all of that shit in this school is determined through gambling. And for some fucking reason, everyone that partakes in this shit is insane. Like they 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 should be in a padded cell somewhere. These bitches are fucking nuts. And uh, uh, like it, every time uh, it sh- it shows the main character. I, I can't remember her fucking name. It's been a couple of days since we watched it, and they're all, like, all their names are, like, really long Japanese names. Uh, but every time she's shown gambling, like, she has this, like... I, I don't... 
I don't want to say sexual because I feel like that's not it, but that's like the first thing that I can think of. It's almost like she has this like sexual thrill off of it. Like she is just it. Like even uh, there, about halfway through season one, uh, she meets a girl on like the school student council or whatever. Uh, this chick is already. Uh, you could already tell by looking at her, she's gonna be nuts because she has an eye patch and like four lip rings and like six fucking tongue rings. So it's like okay, something something's definitely going on with this chick. And uh, I don't remember what the game they were playing specifically was. Uh, it was something involving cards, but every round that you won, you got to uh, shoot a loaded gun at your opponent. And instead of gambling with money in this situation, the way you would bet before every round is you had a revolver, and it was how many bullets you decided to put in that round oh. to see if you were actually going to hit that other person or not. And, like, every, it, both of these two characters specifically, every round passing between each other, it's like they were just getting higher and higher and higher off of it. Like, it, it, it's it's super dramatic and super fucking intense. This shit gave me anxiety watching the whole first season. Um, and then the second season starts up, and uh, it they introduce a couple of new characters, and, the like, the very first episode are those same two girls gambling with another girl... Uh, where instead of with cards or anything, they had like this like weird, almost like house of cards looking contraption and it had strings going through it. And each turn somebody would cut a string and when you cut that string, you have a chance of a blade coming down and chopping somebody's fucking finger off. And Beautiful. <laughs> all three of them are losing their shit over it at this point. And every time somebody's going to, like, cut one of the strings, but they're freaking out because they're like, oh, this could either go on their finger or my finger, uh, the two main characters at the end of the table are like, fucking do it, bro. Cut my fucking finger off. And it is, it's wild. It is, it is a fucking trip, and I still need to finish season two, uh, and I'll probably do that eventually, but it's, it's super nuts. I'm sure I probably did a bad job of explaining it. I'm having trouble remembering a lot of details because it's been a few days since we finished it, but... It's it's a trip. It is very horny. Sounds right up See, your alley. It is <laughs> well, right the thing up my is, alley. is, we were talking about it, and it's like, this is actually something that caught my eye. And maybe it's just the art style or whatever, but I wanted to watch it too. But then he's like, it's super horny. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to It's not. It so it's. <laughs> I don't know. They almost. Like, the level of horniness is almost portrayed as a mental illness at this point. So, like, I don't, I don't know if it's like. I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird. It's cool. I enjoy it, but it's fucking weird. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, what's the other thing that you had on here? Yeah. So this is like the exact opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, I had, within the last week I finished reading completely, start to finish. Uh, my Hero Vigilante, and it is a spin-off manga that takes place a little bit before the main series uh, starts to pick up, and it's real like I, it's wild because like I see a lot of people, especially on TikTok and like other uh, social medias, where I specifically where my algorithm is tailored to fucking anime shit. Um, I never hear anybody fucking talk about this. I hear like I hear talk about the main series all the time, but I don't ever see anybody bring this manga up. And it's really fucking good. Um, there, like, it goes over a lot of shit that the original show just kind of, due to plot constraints, doesn't really have time to go fully in depth on. And and it's such a wonderful little treat, dude. Um, 
so uh, with a title like Vigilante, the main focus of, of this story is uh, in in the main series of My Hero, it's described that uh, using your quirks uh, just out in public is technically illegal. You're not allowed to do that. And in order to become a hero, you have to not only receive a license allowing you to use your quirk in public, um, but you also have to like register your quirk with the government and like do all of this extra shit just in case you ever decide to use your quirk for doing something wrong, they they immediately know where you are and how to stop you and how to do all kinds of other shit. Um, and the main characters of this story don't really feel like they should have to do that. Um, the first carrier, character you're introduced to is, uh, is a uh, young college student named Koichi, and like he doesn't really think anything of using his quirk. Like He doesn't think he's being a hero, he's just helping people out like helping elderly people cross the street or like stop stop a per, uh, a purse snatcher like just little shit like that he doesn't necessarily think he's being a hero until he gets caught up in a drug ring where he notices that there's a drug called uh, trigger going around his neighborhood that's like that makes your court go rampant like it just makes you lose your fucking mind you just start destroying everything around you and he eventually meets other vigilantes that start kind of helping him and it's a whole big conspiracy theory plot it's it's really fucking wonderful, and I I really hope this gets animated eventually. I doubt that it will because most spinoffs don't, but I would really like to at least see an OVA special. Um, even though like that's uh, that was the main character and like his story's super good. I was more into the uh, getting to see the pro heroes that we see in the main series in like their high school years. About halfway through the manga, there's a whole arc of just these heroes that you grow to love in the main series and and what their journey through uh going to this uh superhero high school and learning how to be a hero was like and that was that was super fucking cool <clears throat> nice very cool okay well yeah <laughs> yeah i don't have anything else to say i was waiting for you guys to pick it up and go i mean i i don't I feel like My Hero is kind of like your thing. I've seen some episodes, but like I don't have anything. Yeah, you watched a whole ass movie of it at my house. Yeah, twice, twice even. Because <laughs> uh, it seems like it's the only thing that's ever on besides uh, fucking Ava. That's true. Yeah, I do. I I like to rewatch My Hero. It's very wholesome and comforting for me. Uh, look at you. Uh, well, yeah, um, all right, um, I guess we should go ahead and get into the topic of the show then, um, so, as we said at the beginning, this is our patron-voted topic of the month, um, and, uh, basically, how this, uh, is gonna, I guess, play out is um, we decided that uh, this was actually your topic, I, I think, Austin. This was something that you had brought to the I table. I think it was. Um, but basically, there are games coming out all the time, and it's very easy to get excited about things. Um, I, I say very easy uh, be- because, you know, I, I guess human nature would be mm. the best way to to put that, but um, yeah. So 
basically, uh, our thought was this with games, uh, what, what was it, Summer Games Fest or whatever. We were like, well, I'm sure there's a lot to get excited about, but how much of this is actually going to be, you know, good at the end of the day? Uh, I know. Exactly. And we've already talked in length about, <laughs> uh, you know, why it is a bad idea to get hyped about shit because you don't know what's coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, with that all said, uh, we decided that it would be a good idea to take a look at some of those games that were, you know, we got super hyped about and uh, they ultimately disappointed us. So, um, yeah, and if you would like to help vote for these topics, you can go to patreon.com slash culture bop. And, uh, it is at the, I believe $2 tier. Um, you get to help us, you know, decide what topic we're going to do. So that out of the way, uh, we all brought, we decided on two, correct? Correct. Okay. Okay. So we all decided on two, uh, games a piece that, we got hyped about and ultimately were disappointed about. So, who wants to go first? I would love to go first on this one, Josh. Oh, look at that. You want to know why? Uh, no. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, the first game I'm going to talk about <laughs> is X and Y. <laughs> uh, I'm just Pokemon kidding. Pokemon X and Y. Okay. I I was super hyped going into these because I like it. Uh, I I I didn't I had never gotten a, a 3ds uh, yet. I don't know why I'm struggling so hard to talk. Fuck. Um, I hadn't gotten a 3ds yet up until these games released because like I if it wasn't Pokemon like back then I kind of didn't really care about like Nintendo consoles. So like I, as long as I had my Xbox and my PS2 I was cool uh, or PS3. Um, but then X and Y came out, and I got super stoked. I was like, fuck yeah, like this looks so cool compared to previous Pokemon games. And I fucking hated it. I hated every second of it. And it's not for the reasons I feel like a lot of people do shit on this game. Like, X and Y is notorious for being dragged under for, uh, I guess, being the game that made Pokemon easy. And I don't even think that's the fucking problem. Like, and everyone points towards the EXP share, because they were like, oh, it made leveling too easy. It took the grind out of the game. I love that, because now I didn't feel so pressured and feel like I was stuck with the same six Pokemon that I chose at the beginning of the journey. I Like, I felt like I actually had freedom to move Pokemon around and try out Pokemon that I had caught late in the game. And I fucking love the EXP share. But what I fucking hated, specifically, was the gym leader AI. Because it is absolutely atrocious. Like, I swear to God, that shit was modeled after a four-year-old. It was completely unintuitive. And there was no strategy with any of those gym leaders whatsoever. And, like, none of their Pokemon even have a full move set. It's anywhere from two to three moves. They don't even have a full variety of options to use. And not only that, but I felt like the story was incredibly fucking underwhelming. It doesn't even start to uh, even remotely dive into the story until towards the, probably like the sixth or seventh gym, I think, like right, or maybe just right before the eighth. There, there's 
borderline nothing at all, and then you're finally thrown all this information, and it's just like, I, I still don't fucking care. Um, along the way of the game, it does talk about, like, a big war that happens before <clears throat> that. That's never explained any fucking further. Um, the whole thing with uh, the mystery man, uh, I don't I don't know how people pronounce it, I just say AZ, uh, that you just find wandering around the region. He's never talked about at all, ever again. And, like, there's so many things that I feel like they wanted to do with this, and they just didn't fucking do it. Um, I think it was confirmed a couple of months ago that this was, this was uh, apparently a similar situation to what had happened with Sun and Moon, where uh, due to timing constraints, a lot of content was cut from Sun and Moon, but about halfway through Sun and Moon's development, an entirely separate team at Game Freak immediately started working on Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, before Sun and Moon were even anywhere close to being finished. And from what I had read, that was the similar case with X and Y. They, due to time constraints from the Pokemon company, they didn't. They knew that all the shit they wanted to do, they weren't going to have time to get it done, and so they started planning a Pokemon Z that eventually also got scrapped in favor of uh, uh, Gen Three remakes. And I, I don't know. This like this is this is the Pokemon game that I noticed that to me the series started to take a nosedive downhill, and in my opinion, has not fully recovered from that. I feel like it's definitely the games that started to get easier. I think Senate, or, uh, Sword and Shield are probably easiest out of all of them. Like, I mean... Yeah, I can see that. I mean, they just... You're not wrong in saying that the even the gems were, you know, super easy. They weren't, they weren't hard to construct your teams around. Um, and that's where it kind of started. Like, even Sun and Moon... Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and then Sword and Shield, they they were not challenging to me. Um, mm-hmm. And it could have started here, but it's like I did enjoy, I enjoyed the landscape, I enjoyed the camaraderie between the friends, even though like the friends didn't really come around too often, and some of them were aloof, and obviously the story was meant to focus on you, and you know, depending on male or female, whichever one you chose, like your technical rival or whatever, like. Mm-hmm. I understand, like, that was the driving focus, um, but I, I loved them all. Um, I loved, like, the fossils of this generation I thought were really cool. Like, I liked a lot of the little details about this game. I loved Mega Evolution. I think Mega Evolution is um, very much missed. I, I, I do not want to know what the, <laughs> the ninth generation gimmick is going to be. Time travel. Uh, time travel. That's <laughs> my guess, yeah. honestly. I mean something it's going to be something weird but I feel like Mega Evolution like for a, for a new gimmick introduced it was the one that actually like okay this is kind of cool like this makes sense but now we have fucking stadiums where Pokemon can grow to the size of a fucking skyscraper it's, it's like how did we go from point A to point B <laughs> um, I feel that it did unfortunately start to add new gimmicks like that too and like they started to really they thought that they just needed to add more and more. Yeah. Like in sun and moon, like I did not need ultra beasts. I did not need fucking Z moves. I did not see. I prefer the Z moves over the mega evolutions. 
That's that's crazy to me. I don't know. Like just dancing with your Pokemon to do a powered up move never got to <laughs> me. But like doing like you know you have the Mega Bracelet or whatever, and you have mm-hmm. the crystal and you press it, it stinks up. Like that's cool. I get that, and yeah. it's for a limited time. Like I like that. Um, I don't know. And it added the fairy type, which I thought was super cool because it finally gave some sustenance to Pokemon that really didn't have it before. Like the, yeah. the fairy inflatable Jigglypuff line. We got a brand new Eevee. And the last Eevee that we ever got was from X and Y2. Um, if we don't get another one this generation, I'm going to flip it. Dude, table. it's it's riot time if we don't get I one now. I swear to God. It's, they, have, they have done us dirty and not giving us one in two generations. Dude, um, they could have... I'm not even they could have done that. like a. I know. Yep, it's Pokemon. Josh is fucking <laughs> dying on the inside right now. Um, so <clears> only a little. A, a Steel or Dragon type evolution in Sword and Shield would have made so Ghost. much fucking sense. So I much sense. So bad. Yeah. But Ghost would anyway, be like I, I get the complaints and like post game, like we were talking about through chat the other day, it was uh, it's pretty bare. I'm like I really enjoy doing like the Battle Mason or whatever it was called, the, hmm. the Mejion, you know, um, <laughs> and stuff like that. But it, it did lack you know I liked going to the little Pokemon field or whatever like the little uh, sanctuary like where Mewtwo you could find Mewtwo or whatever I thought that was cool tracking down Zygarde mm-hmm. and everything but the, the post game it was it yeah. wasn't great and it's like coming from black and white this would have been the disappointing game yeah 100% and I th- yeah Sometimes I think that's why I shit on the game as much as I do, is because Black and White is still my favorite Pokemon game ever. I think right. that those games are, maybe not in general, but I think for Pokemon games, I think both Black and White and Black and White 2 are fucking flawless. And then you go from that to X and Y. It's a pretty I mean, big buzzkill. It, it's a it's a buzzkill. It's a big jump. I get it. And it's like it did start to oversimplify the game and the formula. Like Black and White and Black and White 2 st- still felt challenging, but these two really did it. And that kind of started the snowball effect into mm-hmm. my least favorite games, which were Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. Like Black and White 2 even had a difficulty level, bro. Like why couldn't you couldn't have done that here? You couldn't have split that here? And it would, I feel like it would have solved a lot of the, a lot of people's complaints about the game. That would solve a lot of today's complaints about the game is introducing mm. that difficulty level. Mm. Yeah. They should bring, I don't know why they don't bring that shit back. Hire us. Hire us. <laughs> Honestly, dude, that's what I'm saying. That's what he's saying. Let us come up with Pokemon designs. It'd be a lot cooler than some of the ro- most recent shit we got. What's the one that's literally a bag of trash? Trubbish. Uh, that was from Black and White. It was from Black and White. <laughs> and, like, uh, what people about the... like to point that one out, but, like, also, Muck was just a pile of goo. That's fine, but I need to hear what Josh is about to say. What about the which one? I was going to say, what about the one that's, like, a ice cream cone? Yes, that's also from it's Black also and White. Black and White. <laughs> Black and White's Pokedex is extremely controversial. Oh, you God, I was hoping he was going to say that. Those are the two I remember, like, I remember really distinctly seeing those, and I was like, so this is what Pokemon is now, huh? Yep. So this is how far we fucking... <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's oh. it's cute, you know, back in the day, you have, like, a Bulbasaur who's, like, a little frog with, like, a like a, a plant bulb on his 
right. on his back mm. or whatever. Or like Charmander's literally a salamander with like a little fire. Like yeah. you know what they are, but they're cute <laughs> enough to kind of like be like, oh well they're kind of like dinosaurs, but they're also like animals, but they're also like plants. Like it's like all of the designs are really like nice and cute and like fun, I feel like. And then you get to shit like fucking the ice cream cone and it's like what are we doing here guys yep. <laughs> like, what are we doing fellas uh, it's like I would say that's where it started but really I, I blame it on uh, Rotom from Diamond and Pearl because he could hold, possess hold, hold refrigerators on. and lawnmowers and shit like that <laughs> Rotom is and, fucking cool yeah oh yeah sorry I didn't mean to shit on it it is a ghost type <laughs> but it can also turn into a fucking refrigerator yeah, and that's cool <laughs> it's a ghost possessing things. Well, what do you want it to do? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's that's good, I guess. <laughs> uh, who should go next, Dylan? Me or you? Uh, I'll go this okay. one because this one's relatively quick. Um, this was hard, dude, because I I really wanted to go into this and not talk about Sword and Shield or not talk about Cyberpunk. Um, because I feel like I have talked about those and my disappointment for those a lot. I was going to do Spellbreak again and really dive into why Proletaria as a company fucking sucks for abandoning their game the way they did. Um, but I chose to harp on one that I've kind of touched on before, but it's like just to dive a little more into why I was so disappointed and it's Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, mm, that's a good one. So... This is one that you and I have talked about a lot, Austin. This is one that I I have a lot of history with. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the first two games. I think the first two games are great, and even without playing the little accessory Game Boy games that came with it, you can follow the, the story cohesively between 1 and 2, and you know what's happening by yeah. the end of 2. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Like that's I think what made 2 so special is like you had this carryover from Kingdom Hearts 1 and now it's like I it's like a true sequel. You really wanted to see what happens. You you wanted that follow-up. Mm-hmm. But now you get to Kingdom Hearts 3 and at some point between 2 and 3, 12 other games have come out. Yeah. And it's not it, it's not like a spin-off to where you can just do this if you want to. Unfortunately, these spinoff games heavily contribute to the story that is Kingdom Hearts overall and the story that Kingdom Hearts 3 picks up with. Mm -hmm. Um, I like a lot of things about Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't want to make it seem like I don't. I will go back. So I I, I do want to say this. I was so disappointed in this game, I did not finish it. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I did not finish it, and I refused to. And I'll touch on some other uh, reasons for that in a second. I do plan on go. I want it like I next year. Like if we truly do work on our backlog and stuff, like we've been talking about, I wanted to go back and I wanted to play one and two again, and then flow into three. But it's like I've played those games so much. I love those games so much. I know what they're about. I don't have to play them next year. I will go back and I'll delve into Kingdom Hearts three. I'll beat the DLC, especially with four. Kingdom Hearts 4 being announced. It's like, now I feel like I have to play it. Um, But yeah, it's like... It's a really convoluted story. And and at least give me something at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 3 that ties everything together. And it's like, 
you can give me like this mini cutscene all you want to, but a mini cutscene is not going to take care of like eight to twelve games worth of content that I need to know before fucking playing this game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just just branching off from that because that that's 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 me beating the dead horse. That's what I've always said is that it has a really convoluted story. I make my jokes all the time. A huge issue for me, why I love Kingdom Hearts so much, it's because unlike Josh, I was never really huge and it's it's not it's not Final Fantasy's fault, but I was never a, a big Final Fantasy player. I just went a different way as a child. I loved looking at the games, I loved watching the games, I loved their aesthetics, their characters, their worlds, the art direction, everything in these games. I loved watching it, but I never just got to delve into it. So here comes Kingdom Hearts, and now all of a sudden it combines Disney, and I'm getting to see worlds that I love, like Alice in Wonderland and Nightmare Before. I about said <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, and y- you know even going into two, and we get to go Pirates of the Caribbean, and we have all these really cool worlds. But now it has this really cool crossover of something that I've always wanted to get into, and that's Final Fantasy. And I loved these characters in Final Fantasy 1 and 2. Like, that was a huge part of these games. We're getting to, to, to meet these characters that everyone else had already gotten to know because of other Final Fantasy games. But I was getting to meet them in a new light. I was getting to meet them already existing. Like, they, they already had their lore, right? But I was getting to meet them in my own unique way. <coughs> I loved the legacy that Cloud and Sephiroth carried. I loved... Tifa and Aerith, you know, um, fucking Leon and just everyone else. It's like all these characters that I got to meet just made me feel so much more connected and invested into the game. And here I am in Kingdom Hearts 3 and there's not a single fucking character. I'm halfway through the game and there is not a single Final Fantasy character to be found. I'm now just playing a Disney game and I'm left missing that part of the game so much that it was like it was dragging me down Austin did they eventually wind up adding the Final Fantasy characters into DLC mm, yes actually so that being said it's like I have the majority of the focus of the DLC then that maybe it answers questions as to why but it was so disheartening to play that and I'm just now playing a Disney sim you know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't have, I'm I I I was missing half of my family. I was missing half of the stories that we had worked to piece together between Kingdom Hearts one and two. Now I'm I'm missing. It's like family and they're gone, and that really sucked. Like I had made it all the way into the Frozen World, and by the time I got to the Frozen World, it's like I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm tired of dragging myself through these worlds. The worlds are pretty beautiful. I will say that. Um, between the Toy Story, I fucking hate Toy Story. I love the Toy Story world. I love that this Pirates of the Caribbean world was phenomenally done. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Olympus Coliseum was cool in this world. It was much bigger <coughs> and stuff like that. Like the scale, the scale itself felt bigger, but I still felt more empty because I didn't have half of the game that I wanted to have. For sure. Um, this was a game that I was heavily anticipating too, right? Like. How long it was announced in 2013 and we got it when? Like 2019 or some shit like that. Was it that late? It was like 2018. It was six years. I know that. No, it was January of 2019. So there we go. So it was almost six years. And 
in that time, like I was, I was super hyped for it because Kingdom Hearts. It, I have the nobody symbol tattooed on my arm, and then I got this, and it's like, oh fuck! It's like it's just this convoluted mess that I have to keep up with, and like different. Like, <coughs> the gameplay itself wasn't necessarily anything wrong. Like I didn't like a lot of the little transformations that Sora had necessarily, as opposed to the different forms he had in two. Like I, I knew it was something that I, that I did have to get accustomed to because that was like one of the core things in this game. But what I hated was the attraction flow mechanic that they added. Like the the attraction flow, whatever the fuck it is, it's like you're you're battling with uh, Sora, Donald, Goofy. And now you can use this ability, and this ability is like super overpowered, and it gives you control of essentially this Disney theme park ride, which Ooh. is cool to start with. Like, it's really cool. But once you see how ridiculously overpowered that shit is, it just cakewalks half of these fights, I feel like. There was no challenge. Um, I didn't play on proud mode or critical or whatever the fuck it was called. That's, that's also on me. But it's just like, I didn't... That... It didn't feel as good as, like, some of the combat that I had in 2, which is weird. Like, it flowed better and stuff like that. Like, it felt like Sora was truly, like, a Keyblade Master now, and, like, it was very smooth as opposed to the old, you know, combat mechanics that we had before. But it's like, I, I now felt like there was not enough emphasis on the threat because whenever, whenever something, like, got critical... I could just hit the attraction flow and now all of a sudden I'm on like Space Mountain and I'm shooting everything with like a laser on a roller coaster. It's <laughs> fucking outlandish to say, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like there there was a lot of things with it that didn't necessarily sit well with me and it, it just deterred me from finishing playing by halfway through because it's like, man, I, I, I just feel tired trying to keep up with everything, like keep up with the story, and then at the same time I keep up with the story, being like, where are my people? Where's Cloud, Tifa, Sephiroth? Where's fucking um, Leon? You know, where's the, where's the squad? They weren't there. So, mm-hmm. uh, disappointing. I am going to go back and finish it. This is on the backlog list to complete. It's not going to be, you know, today or tomorrow, but next year sometime, I'm going to sit back down to Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, play the DLC and get hopefully that it, it sits better with me on a second time through and I can prep for Kingdom Hearts 4 with like uh, leveled expectations I it sucks because ultimately I was also very disappointed in this game I did finish it I, I crammed this shit out in like 4 or 5 days when it came out because I was stoked I, I was so fucking excited I, I so, some of my most favorite memories playing a PS2 are, is playing fucking Kingdom Hearts 2. I yep. absolutely adore that game, and I was hyped. And I I played most of the spinoffs, uh, or I guess technically fucking sequels, uh, leading up to this, with the exception of maybe one or two. And so I kind of felt like I had a full understanding of what was happening. I still didn't know what the fuck was going on. I don't like. Yep. The characters themselves acted confused as to what was fucking happening. <laughs> despite being fully explained the details of this situation. And I do want to, like, to give the game some credit, there are some sequences uh, in this game that I think were really, really well fucking done. Um, like in, uh, Dylan, I don't know how far you made it, but uh, when you get to the last world, the Keyblade Graveyard, 
there's a sequence where where like the spirits of these keyblade wielders all start helping you and there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of keyblades unearthing themselves out of the ground and flying around you and flying towards the enemy and it, like it's a really really well done fucking sequence um and like the scene all of the scenes with with aqua and, and ventus and terra coming back and doing their thing and getting to see roxas again like all of that was so fucking wonderful but it, it it still didn't really amount to a whole lot of anything. Um, I, I mean, the game ends on a on a very specific question, and then forces you to pay thirty dollars uh, to buy a thirty dollar DLC to answer said fucking question, and I hated that. Um, I don't know, man. I I know a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people be super stoked for four. I personally could not fucking care less. I have no... After playing 3, I have no interest in continuing with it. Um, unless I see something that just really blows me out of the water and completely changes my mind. Um, but I, I agree with you on this game being a massive fucking disappointment. Yeah. Especially after waiting so fucking long. That was, that's the worst part of waiting that long. It's like... It took six years from announcement for it to be released, but, like, we were waiting before the announcement even. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? That's like Elder Scrolls Six coming out, and it just sucks ass. Yeah. Which it will. Yeah. It's an Elder Scrolls game. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I don't have much to say because I haven't played the Kingdom Hearts since the PSP one. So. Uh, Birth by Sleep. Yep. I love Birth by Sleep. So good. Yeah. Shout out Aqua. Shout out to Honestly, Aqua. Big shout out to Aqua. Oh, I feel like there was some some what? sexual frustration behind those words. Like, oh, there, you know, like, there is. Yeah. There definitely is. Oh, boy. That's not what I wanted to hear. Aqua body <laughs> pillows coming soon. Okay. Well, uh, I am now going to move on. <clears throat> um... So, I had several games that I thought about and uh, wasn't quite sure which one I needed to go with, if I'm being just completely honest. And so, the one that immediately jumped to mind, and I was like, this is definitely probably one that I should talk about, is... The medium. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that one is still fresh. <laughs> yeah, he said that's a fresh wound, G. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep forgetting about that shit. Then every time you say it, your disappointment just sounds worse than the last time. Yeah. Um. Man, this game fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, I'm so, dude. And you know it too, because you can literally hear the disappointment in your voice, man. Yeah. You were, like, hyped for it. You talked about this game for a long time leading up to its release. Yeah, I was so on... Like, I was on board. I I was all about this fucking game. And I, I'm pretty sure I said it last week, but, like, the... Uh, um, I, I watched a video after having played the medium about why Bloober Team sucks. And uh, and how they basically rip off, you know, other other fucking people's work. And I 
it was never something that necessarily had occurred to me, but like I see it now and it makes my feelings towards the medium even fucking worse. Like you, you stole shit from other people and you couldn't even fucking make it good. Like, bro, you have got to be the most fucking absurdly like incompetent motherfuckers on the planet. If that's the case. Uh, but the thing about this game is I, I genuinely think, (laughs) I genuinely think there's some good shit that could have been done here. I see little like, uh, like roots and tendrils to something that could have been excellent. Could have been like one of my favorite games ever, but nothing ever happens. That's worth a shit in this game. Like the entire concept between like, being split between two worlds and having to use, you know, your actions in the, uh, the, I, I guess I want to call it like the ghost world or whatever to kind of like further yourself in the real world. Like you can't get around like certain things because they're blocked or, you know, like there's a, there's a, a key to a door in the, in the like, uh, ghost world that, you know, isn't in the real world or whatever the case may be. Right. But the thing is, it's like all of the puzzles that would have involved that are never clever at all. They're all just very much like, uh, like here's, here is this door that is locked. How are you going to get around it? I guess you have to go to the ghost world. And it's like, could you, could you not have done something more with this? Like, is there not something else that you can do here? All of the puzzles felt the exact fucking same. And, like, the rest of the the game, like, it, it almost feels like Bloober Team made a... The entire fucking game feels like Bloober Team made this... And they expect you to do exactly everything the way that they expect you to do it. And you cannot deviate at all. Like, there are parts of this game... Like, I genuinely wanted to explore this hotel and learn its story. And learn the story of the people that was inside of it. And all of that stuff. And, like, I would be going around and exploring things. And, like, I would find, like, a room that has, like, a whole bunch of shit in it. Like, there's little notes and... you know, like collectibles, all kinds of stuff. And like, I would do that. And then I would be like, this room seems important. There's too much stuff here for me to not like, for this to not be important. And then I would go around, go to like the, the, the next objective or whatever. And it would lead me right back to that same exact room. And now there would be an item that I could pick up to progress the story. And it's like, okay, I guess, like, that's cool. I don't know. There, it feels like it wants to be a curated, like, story, but then it doesn't even tell, like, necessarily a good enough story. Like, there are, there are plots that, like, just kind of, like, die off seemingly out of nowhere. There are at least three different threads that could, on their own, be like 
the story of the game and none of them really coalesce together and like it just feels so underwritten and underwhelming and none of it really adds up to anything that feels like it should be like I don't know a fucking game like there's nothing here like makes me want to do anything like I don't want to ever like play this game ever there there was nothing engaging there was nothing like the only the only good stuff that like that I that I'll I'll say about is like I think that the the thing is like it's atmospheric for sure uh the the music from Akira uh, Yamaoka who was the composer for Silent Hill like it, it good atmospheric music the visuals in this game are really fucking strong it's just bogged down by fucking completely restrictive gameplay and like really messy fucking writing and just I don't know I really wanted this game to fucking rule and it was so mediocre and I was so fucking disappointed by it I hate that that sucks <sighs> I hope that none of the other games that we're heavily anticipating this year come out to be like that yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, yeah, we will see. I'm trying to think of anything that could hit that mark, and it's like, I don't think there is, because it's like, I don't know if there's a, can you think of another AAA title that you're waiting for? I can't. Uh, Like God of War, technically, but that's I, not I'm not even fucking, like, I, I have said this a million times. I know that I'm the minority on this. I don't like that first 2018 game as much as everyone yeah. else does, I am not overly hyped about God of War 2 or yeah, Ragnarok or whatever. Hyped. But that's like the only big title. Like, I'm looking forward to Stray. I'm looking forward to Cults of the Lamb. I'm looking for... What was the other one? Uh, There's another... Oh, it comes out next year. It was like Skate. Oh, yeah. Skate Stories like, next year. Yeah. Um, We just had a whole last episode on this, and I can't even think of another fucking <laughs> game coming out this year. Yeah. I, I mean, the stuff that I... Uh, I'm looking forward to, like you said, isn't really like like big AAA stuff. Like uh, right. the big AAA stuff that I would have been looking forward to, like you know, I, I don't know that I would say I was looking forward to uh, to Starfield, but it's definitely something that like I probably will play for sure. Uh, but like um, like the stuff that I was looking forward to got pushed back uh yeah i guess there's still uh hogwarts is supposed to be this year i think oh yeah there we go uh but like i'm looking at things right now and yeah like i don't see anything that i would consider a triple a game like the stuff that i am looking forward to is 100 percent the the cult of the lambs the um stray Stray, yeah, a Plague Tale Requiem, which is kind of verging on that AAA territory. I, I think a Plague Tale is probably like if it, ha- like if we were back like ten years ago, it would be considered like a double A game. Um, but yeah, I, and there's other stuff too, like Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Uh, if that actually comes out this year, it looks really fucking cool. I don't know, like all of the stuff that looks cool does not is not triple a for the rest of the year weirdly enough right. 
So pretty much my, my expectations are pretty much tempered for the rest of the year. Yeah. I am currently whelmed. Currently whelmed. Just whelmed. Whelmed. Well, uh, let's go back to the next thing. Uh, Austin? Yeah. Um, so, there are so many games that I wanted to to bring to this topic, but this is by far the game that I think has disappointed me the most, and I think might be the game that, I, at least in my opinion, is the worst game that I have ever played just in general. Um, and that is Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys uh, saw anything about this game when it was coming out or played it a little or dabbled in it or whatever, um, but this game is fucking atrocious. Um, and, and I, I, I it, it was one of the first Xbox 360 games I got when I got the console for Christmas one year. Uh, it was Halo 3 and, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. And one got played a lot more than the fucking other one did. Um, it, I, I remember watching the reveal trailer and I remember uh, going in GameStop and like seeing... Uh, what, what, what's that, what's that uh, GameStop magazine that's been around for a long time? It's oh, like, it's like included with your subscription or something. No, it's not that. It's is it not that? It's included in your subscription if you have a pro membership. It's been Game the, Informer. Yes, Game Informer. I remember seeing a Game Informer magazine That's what it was. when Sonic 06 was starting to come out, and it was on the cover. And, it, and I remember begging my mom for that magazine because even though I didn't have a 360, I was still so excited to see this game. And then it came out, and I still didn't have a 360, but I, I got to see the cutscenes and. For the most part, the cutscenes looked really good. It, it, it looked, it, it looked like what I had been playing now, which was like Sonic Adventure Two and Sonic Heroes. It looked like that, but just so much better. And I was so excited. And then I finally got the game, and I realized that it is a buggy, unplayable fucking mess, dude. Um, 06 was was to me, I think, supposed to kind of be a spiritual Sonic Adventure Three. Because a lot of what they did in Sonic Adventure 1 was brought over here. You had an open world to explore. You went to certain places to uh, access, you know, the uh, stages or whatever. And you had side quests. All of that, like, that that was so mind-blowing and cool to me. Until I started doing the fucking side quests. And they're, they're all the same thing. They're all fucking fetch quests. And on top of that, I, I counted the last time I played this game... Every single time you go to do a side quest, from start to finish, you sit through a minimum of seven fucking loading screens. From start to finish. You talk to the guy. Loading screen to start the conversation. He tells you what he wants. Loading screen, and then you get, like, a, a summary of your objective. Loading screen. You're dropped into the area. You complete the objective. Loading screen. Another conversation followed by at least one more loading screen to finish the fucking side quest. And it's awful. It's so fucking time-consuming. Because, like, this was an early 360 game. It's not like these were quick fucking loading screens. They were long as shit. And, uh, or at least compared to, you know, stuff like today's fucking standards, where loading screens in um, a lot of big AAA games you barely fucking notice because they're so fast. Um... It was buggy, it was a, like, it, fundamentally it was a mess. The stages looked cool, to, at least some of them did, 
But, like, especially in Sonic's story specifically, because there were three characters you could play as. You had Sonic, Shadow, and then uh, a newcomer to the series named Silver, who looked really cool. He had, like, telekinesis and could, like, make himself float and move shit with his mind, and it was neat. But then you start playing Sonic's story, and once you're, like, running... Cause, and Sonic's whole... All of his level designs are just... Go as fast fucking paced as possible. Stop here and stop here and there to solve a puzzle, and then speed right the fuck back up. But the issue with Sonic was you would start getting to the point where you were going too fast that you physically could not control the character model. Like, you couldn't make turns in time to just run off the fucking map and die. And start back at the next fucking checkpoint. And it was a problem in almost every single fucking stage throughout Sonic's entire story. Um, and it, and then you meet Silver, who was, and you have a boss fight with him, and it's your first encounter with him. And the whole fucking... I, I don't know if it's like a glitch or if it's meant to do this, but he'll pick you up using telekinesis, throw you against a wall, knocking all your ring, rings off, and this motherfucker will pick you up again before you even hit the ground and have time to respond and try to get a ring. He picks you up in midair, slams you against a wall again just to fucking kill you. And he will do that shit numerous fucking times until you just get lucky. And it's so, like, there's no, there's no strategy around it. You just have to deal with it until you get lucky enough to get some distance and break off of him. And it's so fucking frustrating. And then there's a whole, like, bestiality thing going on with the fucking climax to the story. And it was weird. It, like, I, even as a child, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, essentially, at the end of the game, Sonic dies. And for some reason... Uh, the Chaos Emeralds aren't enough to bring him back to life that a human princess has to stick her tongue in his fucking mouth, and that sub, for whatever reason, fucking doesn't. And it, it, it was just weird. And it, like, I hate it because before Sonic 06 came out, uh, they released Sonic Heroes and Shadow the Hedgehog. Both did not do very well. They did okay sales-wise, but the, the overall public reception of them was really fucking bad. Uh, Sonic Heroes, I think, doesn't really deserve it. I think Sonic Heroes is a fairly good game, and Shadow was one of those. It's so cringy, it's funny. And, and that's pretty much the extent of it. Um, but uh, 06 was awful, and they, they intended it. The whole purpose of 06, not calling it anything and just slapping Sonic the Hedgehog as the title, was it was kind of meant to be a soft reboot, and it ended up being the nail in the coffin for that franchise. And it, I, I hate that for them, but that's what you get when you make a shitty fucking game. <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> so bad. I just love the, the parallels that we're about to have, because I also got a buggy mess of a game. <laughs> um, oh, God. And it, and it predates yours. So mine is a 2002 video game um you guys know very much by now that i love me some uh spyro uh-huh love me some spyro so first three games you know back in the day i think they're fantastic they're wonderful like that's the peak of my gaming um and then we had what was i do not consider it to be but we had what was supposed to be the fourth game in the series, and that's Spyro Enter the Dragonfly. So, like I said, this would have been the fourth game in the main series. Um, 
it is the fourth game that came out, but this is that there there is no four in this. I, I I still pray for the day that we get a Spyro four because it is not this one. Um, a huge problem with this right off the bat: this is the first game that wasn't developed by Insomniac. Uh, this was it was unfortunately taken over by two studios. Um, it was Check Six, and they worked on the game design and programming, and then Equinox Digital Entertainment focused on the art. The one positive thing I can say about the game is, like, visually it's a huge step up from 3, but that really doesn't mean shit when your game... So, just before I even get into that, Check 6 is now... The people who worked on the game design and programming, by the way, they're now infamous for being subpar because they worked on canceled games. Like, uh, it, it was an Aliens game called Colonial Marines, and it was canceled due to performance issues. This game was so fucking messy. It was had pitiful performance. It had fuck it was loaded with bugs, dude. It was nothing like the first 3. Like those first 3 are some of the best days in my early gaming and even though they might have looked worse, they still played great. Um, at least to me. And then this game came out, and it tried to do so much, but they they really they re- I mean, for it being as small of a game as it is, for them to have messed up so badly on it, it's really saying a lot. Like, I just it was it was frustrating, and it's like on top of it having all of these performance issues, it was a short game. Like, when I say short, I mean, this is the fourth game in the series that just came out. It's for the PS2. You know, we're in a big, bad console time now, right? But it's it's so bad, and it reuses fucking Ripto Crush and Gulp from Ripto's Rage, and they don't have nearly the same presence in this game like they did before. It's like, it just feels rehashed. And it, 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 it was... When I say it's a short game, like... In Spyro Year of the Dragon, the third game, there were like 20 levels in that game. There was home worlds, and then there was the little portals you could fly through to go to the levels. In this game, there's one home world and nine realms. There's nine levels that you can go into. That's fucking it. It was bad. Like, there was nothing there. And what was there, like, you know, we have... In my opinion, Spyro 2 is my favorite Spyro game. Like, I think it's the best one. Ripto's a great villain. Crush was a fun fight. And Gulp is a monster to overcome. <clears throat> and then you get to these games, and it's like, oh, cool. We got the we got the squad back. No. They're garbage. They're trash. Just like the fucking game. <laughs> like, it, it just was a disappointment after disappointment with this. And it's like why like and this just spawned fucking everything that came after it i mean it was heroes or heroes tale or whatever it's called this like the eternal night games came out after this there were some game boy games and stuff and it just all fell fell away and eventually it became skylanders and it was even more shit than uh than this game but point being it's like you go back and you play like right now the reignited trilogy and that is how I imagine playing one, two, and three. But then we're handed this just plate of garbage and we're told to enjoy it. And it's just it's a buggy mess, dude. It was not fun at all. 
Gross. Gross, <clears throat> disgusting. Yeah, I never got around to that one, but uh, good. Ooh. Yeah. Yep, saved yourself some time. <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, okay. Uh, mine, my next one, and the the final one before we get into what we're what, what we've been playing is not one that was buggy. Uh, it's just one that fucking sucks. <laughs> um, so my pick is. Final Fantasy Thirteen. Mm. Um, I actually played this one. <laughs> yeah, thirteen two, I think. Uh, I I I will. I guess maybe I'm going to talk specifically about the uh, the first game, but all of them really kind of go together, in my opinion, um, because the stuff that doesn't work in this game is the same stuff that doesn't work in part two and in lightning's return. Like it's just a bunch of shit. Um, I was extremely excited for this game because it was the first one that was going to have an Xbox 360 version. And at the time I did not have a PS3 and they had only been on PlayStation systems up to that point. So, um, I was extraordinarily hyped for this game. And when I got it, it just, this is the first time I remember Final Fantasy not feeling like Final Fantasy. Um, and I, I didn't play 12, so I can't speak to that. Um, but I, I can say that like up to this point, Final Fantasy had a very consistent tone, no matter which game you were playing. Or well, I don't, I don't want to say tone, but like had a very consistent um, feel to it. Uh, it was you know these characters that really well written characters, a bunch of weirdos that come together to form a family type thing. Uh, the, the combat up, up to 12 was all turn-based to some extent. Uh, and I don't necessarily mind the move to a more, um, uh, action oriented focus. I, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it f- felt jarring, uh, in this one, which is funny because I, I actually think that the, the paradigm system in the game is maybe the best thing about it. Like the entire battle system, I think might be the best thing about final fantasy 13. Um, but, uh, stuff like, um, the fact that, you know, you only really control one character with the other ones being controlled by AI kind of fucking like was very different. Uh, the characters, man, the characters in this game fucking suck. They are awful. Like none of them have real personalities and they're all like the, their, their voice acting with the exception of, uh, the, the woman who does, uh, lightning, um, even Troy Baker, Troy Baker plays snow in this. And like, I, I know I said, I think last week I was like, I'm fucking tired of him. Like I, I want him to like not be casting everything, but like 
I can't not say that he's good at what he does because he is. But like the thing is, even he in this game gives like a very like unemotive and very like uh wooden performance. I feel like like everyone in here just feels very blah as characters. I don't really get a sense of any of them, and like the writing is equally as fucking bad. Like there are characters actively telling you how they feel through voiceover. Like, it's not something that like, I, I remember very distinctly the first time that you see Aerith dying in final fantasy seven, like that, when that first sequence happens, the very first thing like that happens afterwards, after you fight Genova or whatever is, there's a little sequence where everyone kind of like comes around her and kind of like realizes that she's dead. And like those have the most like in comparison to today's graphics, right? They are like the worst fucking 3d models. Like they are awful. Right. I I kind of still love them. I, I kind of think that they're adorable, but like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to get away with that now. I don't think people would have a fucking uproar. But even with those like limited models and like with no like facial characteristics or whatever, you get little things in their animations that tell you how the fuck they feel, dude. Like you get shit like Barrett like slowly sobbing over Aerith's death and it's like I get it. Like you you're showing me exactly how they feel without even having to tell me anything. But in this game, you have, like, fucking Vanille, who's just straight up, like, yes, this is how I was feeling in this moment, and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, who the fuck wrote this? Like, who wrote this? This is terrible. And it, like... None of, and the thing, another thing, like, you know, I, I said before, Final Fantasy was always about, like, these people coming together and forming a family, and I, I still very much believe that, but, like, this was the first game where I distinctively did not feel that. These characters already knew each other, and they already had backstories together, and, like, it would be one thing if, like, this was a family drama you know what i mean like where where you do have all these backstories and that kind of informs the decisions between the things but like the the real like emotional core in this game isn't really about like these people and their their relationships it's about like their relationship with death and with like uh like mortality and and predestination even and it's like why the fuck do i care about any of these characters what like what none of their backstories come into play none of their relationships come into play like nothing in this game fucking matters and i just it's that that's not even to talk about like the game design the fucking insanely insane linearity in this fucking game it's unbelievable i don't want to fucking go too much further down that fucking rabbit hole but 
it's needless to say that like the game is to me to me is not a final fantasy game and and as someone who you know at the time that 12 came out cuz 12 came out very late in the PS2 life cycle i think 12 came out in like 2006 or something like that and at that point the the Xbox 360, I think, had already been out a year. Um, like, it was so late into the life cycle, and I had moved on because my PS2 died. I had moved on to uh, the the Xbox. And when the next one came around, I went with, yeah, March March of 2006 was 12. So I never got to, got to play 12. And, like, I was already on the Xbox grind, and... Uh, so when this came around and this was like something where, again, I didn't have a PS3 and it was coming to the 360. I was like, I fucking love Final Fantasy. I am so fucking excited for this. And I got a game that was not a Final Fantasy game. It was a, uh, I don't want to say action RPG because it's, I I mean, it's still got the sort of like turn-based whatever, uh, kind of trappings of of a battle system it's not quite turn-based it's not quite action it's like a middle ground and so that sucked and then it was incredibly linear and then it had all of this backstory that wasn't necessarily like explained to you through like character motivations and dialogue and stuff like that but it was like stuff you had to read in the fucking like the uh, i'm trying to think of like the word um, like the menus, like, you know, and it just fucking sucked, man. The, the fucking summons sucked. The characters sucked. The battle system, which is the best thing about the game sucks. Uh, it is just one of the fucking most disappointing games I have ever played in my entire life. That is absolutely hilarious um final fantasy 13 is my first final fantasy game (laughs) and you love it Uh, no actually i never i mean it's just the same curse of fucking me right i never finished it um but i i never had drive to play it right like i i wasn't interested in fucking anybody within that game um it felt hollow when I was playing it. That's what I remembered. I was like, that's not, that is not the introduction to final fantasy that I should have had. (laughs) I definitely should have chosen a, one of its predecessors, but dude, I, that's, that's crazy. I'm, I'm glad I never delved into it. I'm pretty sure I went on to play fucking halo reach or something. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, that, that's crazy. It's that it was that bad. Yeah. I, you know, it could, always be worse i guess i i'm glad that the series didn't die with it (laughs) so yeah that's true in fact it went on to produce i mean after that you got probably one of your favorite games right 14 even though it's an mmo like i mean that's the one that came numerically after that yeah yeah but then you hate 15 yeah and the thing is i i I played uh you know 14 after the fact so uh you know it is what it is um but like 16 looks great. 
16 I'm very excited for 16 um I know I've I've teased it on here before but I'm working on a script that is very much a um uh Final Fantasy isn't really a series for me anymore and I even with my excitement for 16 I I kind of still feel that way I'm I'm very scared that 16 will be different from what I f- feel like I want from Final Fantasy but w- we'll see you know it, things could always be worse they could always be worse I'm uh, I'm excited to see the video and fucking congrats to you cuz you're sitting at 41,000 views on your Stranger Things video right now oh. <sighs> 41,000, dude. You could fill up a stadium with the people that have seen your video. It's true. You're, it's pretty That's cool. crazy. Yep, it is. So, congrats, because that's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. If you haven't seen it, I really fucking implore people to go and watch it, because there's a reason it has that many views, and the reason why he's mm-hmm. quadrupled his fucking sub count. <laughs> oh, dude, it's, it's more <laughs> than that. I've like, I've like 100 times my sub, my sub count at this point. Yeah, that's, dude, I'm very happy. I don't even dude, like Stranger Things, back. and I liked your video. Yeah, I mean, because it's, that's, it's, that's, I think that's the point, is because it doesn't necessarily focus on the fact that it's Stranger Things. It focuses on, like directorial i mean just direction i guess mm-hmm. you can say and it's like stuff like that so it was really cool so fucking congrats man because that's awesome that it's doing so well i read through Thank the you. comments too just because i'm a nosy little yep. bitch and the comments were so sweet yeah they're very positive they're like dude you should have more uh subscribers yeah. like, this video is so great it's like this kind of content from a small channel is incredible it's like everyone's being super positive yeah i i'm very much uh, happy with with how that's going. So good. Yeah, we're happy for you, Dad. Now make more content. Thanks, son. Uh, hey, 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 hey! I'm working on it. <laughs> that's fucking rich coming from the dry spell over there. <laughs> yeah, it is. You got some things you want to tease it so you can put your you put some pressure on yourself. You want to say anything? Absolutely. At the end, when we get to TikTok, when we do the oh. fucking social medias. You got plans. I love it. I do. He he got something. <laughs> There's something. They're coming along though. Yeah. All right. So that was that was our topic. That was our, right? that was our topic. Uh, again, thank you for the patrons for your support. Uh, and if you'd like to be a part of the patron topic, uh, go over to Patreon.com/slash/CultureBop. Toss us a pledge. It's worth your money. Get I in promise. While you can. Yep, because the second that we start getting more famous due to his videos, price is going up, bitches. <laughs> so, Get it while it's cheap. Yep. Uh, we're on the rise, on the sky rise. We're, mm, we're, we're something. Yeah. We're, we are something. Don't invoke <laughs> <laughs> This episode was devoid of him until now. Oh, oh God. Um, Good stuff. Speaking of terrible people, though, going into what we've been playing, I didn't put anything because I'm doing the same shit. I'm, I have started playing uh, Last of Us just here and there again, just to get it finished, for you know the challenge that everyone's forgotten about. Still playing Apex, but speaking of terrible people, you guys are familiar with Jeff, right? Yeah. Um, you know him. Define familiar. I know of him. <laughs> Daily feet pictures. Okay, sure yes. You're extremely yeah. familiar at this point. Yeah. <laughs> this motherfucker, I wish I had my conversation with him pulled up. No, actually, 
He's trying to convince me to do the worst thing. I almost feel like he's betting against me in this challenge that they supposedly have. So he's trying to get me to play World of Warcraft, right? It's not oh, good, he messaged he me know. about that, by the way. About getting me to play? Yeah. It? He, hang on. Let me see. I got to pull up the, the Instagram. He's instigating my fucking peers into this? He said, uh, let me go back to it. Here we go. Messages. Okay. From Jeffrey Scissortoe, not Ciarto. Um He said, boss man, I had an idea on the golf course today. Now, look, I know you aren't about the crime time. What if instead of a gang, we start a WoW guild? I've been talking with Diz, and he's ready to throw in the towel on the challenge and start playing WoW. And I said, that's a wonderful idea. We can all play Horde and be an RP PvP guild. I like that you just... You encouraged it, even. <laughs> Me? Oh. He fanned the flames. Oh, wait. You didn't say the thing about being an RP PvP. Okay, I thought you were like... Whoo. No, yeah. I thought he, he texted me that. I didn't see it. And then he texted me a picture of his foot. And then I said, LMFAO, why? <laughs> Dude. No, because literally we're talking about stuff that the three of us, four of us will be talking about semi soon. And World of Warcraft came up. And then it's like, I was like, man, I can't lie to you. Because I've also been dabbling in Hearthstone again. Um, and, of course, every time I play that, I want to go play WoW. So he's like... You know, you should. I still play it on the regular, blah, blah, blah. He's sending me songs from the soundtrack to get my get me hooked back into it. And if you don't know, music from that game is fucking incredible. So it's like, dude, I'm playing Apex, and I'm playing Tiny Tina in my spare time when I can. I'm playing Last of Us when I can. Now I'm playing Heart, uh, Hearthstone and all this shit. And it's like, I, I don't have time to play WoW. And it's like I told him. I was like, man, like, Every time I go back to World of Warcraft, I feel like I've missed so much in the in in the time that I've been gone. That's hard for me to get back into it. It would almost be easier for me to start playing classic and just kind of be where I remember being when I was playing Wrath of the Lich King or whatever. Um so he quotes me on saying that I feel so behind, right? Like I feel very behind and I feel like I'm never going to catch up. There's a lot I don't understand. And if this motherfucker didn't have the like a salesman sentence he said if you feel behind it's no better time than now to get caught up and i had to think about that i was like that's probably the most true sentence he could have said <laughs> because if i wait a day that's another day that i could have been playing to get caught up but if i just wait a week to not play it then i'm even further behind so i need to start playing now to get caught up i was like you sneaky bitch i was like that might not have worked, but that was a great sales tactic. <clears throat> so, anyway, while while we've been recording the episode, the fucking game updated, so that's ready to play. Mm. Okay, well. Yeah, so, goodbye to that. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, you've decided to resign your life away. Well, well we've all decided because we're all going to play it. Uh, we have a guild. No, no. I don't think I don't it's think really that simple. I will. There's a free trial that I I think I've I'm I'm sure I've already utilized. No no no, there's a new one. Madison <laughs> said she would dip out if I started playing WoW, so I legally can't. She Madison said what? Madison said she would dip out if I started playing WoW. Oh, well, there's an easy out for you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Uh, well, what we've good. been playing, um, I'll start. Uh, I have been playing The Quarry. I'm only going to talk about this very briefly because I have genuinely not put uh, way too much time in this game. I've played the first two chapters, I think. Um, so I am still very much not... Um, what am I thinking? What am I saying? Not really able to talk about it authoritatively. What I can say, though, is the stuff that I remember not really liking with the recent Supermassive Games stuff, like the... Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember the name, um, like the the man from Medan or uh the um Little Hope. Uh, I ha- I still haven't played uh, House of Ash yet, but I've heard it's actually really good. Um, but yeah, the um the things about those games that I I didn't really like, I think, kind of is fixed with this. This feels. I hate to say this, but uh, <laughs> I I kind of think that this is fun, and I don't really think that those other ones are fun. Um, this feels like a teenage horror movie. Is I, I mean that that's what it feels like. It feels like those eighties, uh, maybe maybe pushing even into like the early nineties. But for sure, it feels like one of those 80s horror films. And I loved that in Until Dawn. Even though it kind of takes a weird turn near the end. I loved the the sort of reverence for those old um, uh, staples, right? And um, I felt like the ones that they made when they got with Bandai Namco, those games, I don't feel like they necessarily um, hit that same sort of feeling, but this feels like that. The writing on it is very, I I would say, inspired by that 80s stuff. Um, And I, so far, have been really enamored with the cast. I think that the... uh, the cast for this game so far. Um, I haven't, I don't think I've met all of the characters yet. Um, or, or at at the very least played with all the characters, you know, and, and gotten into their stories and stuff. But, uh, I really like all of them. So, um, this is already feeling like it might end up being somewhere high on my game of the year list, much like until Dawn was when it came out. I am, I, I think that they're, I, I, I don't know, you know, again, I, I don't know, but I feel like this is uh, one of those ones that is um, going to be uh, high up there. It's, it's engaging me for sure. So, oh yeah. Uh, Austin. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I've been playing Returnal. Uh, it, was on the uh, catalog of games that came out with the new version of PlayStation Plus. 
and so I gave it a shot, and I've been really fucking enjoying it. Uh, Dylan, this game was on your list for this year, isn't it? Uh, it was before I took it and put it on uh, with Cults of the Lamb. Oh, okay. Well, I I am very surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Um, I really like the atmosphere. I like how like dark and fucking eerie it is. I like the high speed combat. Um, I think the whole like as you're going through, you discover audio logs from like previous versions uh, of you dying. Um, even as soon as you start, like, the your very first time going through the fucking game, you're uncovering audio logs from, like, previous failed attempts that, like, you hadn't actually played and experienced. And so it's like, oh, what the fuck's happening? And then it happens, and it, you're like, oh, shit. Um, I, I can't talk too much about it because I'm not very far into it. I think I've only played, like, maybe an hour's worth of it, if that. Um, I, I really like it. I really like the aesthetics. I really like the combat. Um... All the weapons that I've unlocked so far that I've picked up have all felt really, really, like, good and, and well-designed. Uh, I'm super stoked to play more of it. Hell yeah. That's, that's crazy, man, because you're, you're like, one more rogue roguelite away from becoming a fan. I know. Between 80s dude. and this. I hate it. <laughs> have, you looked at, have you looked at Cults of the Lamb yet? No. Oh, Cults of the Lamb looks so good, Austin. We'll look it up right Dude, I'm not even lying, man. Like, that seems right up your alley. Um, now, Returnal is still something I very much want to play, but once I saw that, that you're about to look up, I quickly shifted it. It's like, that's what I want to play. Um, Returnal's on the list, but it's like backlog list as of right now because Cold to the oh, Lamb looks so damn dude. good. Justin's playing Returnal right now, too. It looks so good. <laughs> it's, it's cute, right? Yeah, I love the little cute happy animals with the pedigree. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. The little okay. Satan-worshipping yeah, animals. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a roguelite fan now. I'm, That's cool, I'm though, because this, this it, was, it was a genre where you weren't fucking down for it. Now yeah, I hated it before in. I fucking played Hades. I mean... That's two this year. I was about to say, because you, you've crushed Hades on a playthrough this year. Now you're playing this. So, Cult of the Lamb comes out in August, I believe. So, it's just right around the corner, man. Yeah, dude. Is Dive it, into is it, it only on Switch? I hope not. Uh, yeah, I hope not also. <laughs> I don't know. All I'm seeing is, is, an, uh, is a trailer from Nintendo themselves. Uh, well, it was, on de- it was on Devolver Digital's showcase, their summer showcase. So, I have to assume that it's also coming to PC. Steam. At the end yeah, of the trailer, on it only says Nintendo Switch. It does not say anything else. It's on Steam. Oh, it's on my wish list on Steam. Oh, I'm an okay. idiot. Well, then it is on Cult Steam. of the Lamb, yeah. August 11th. Uh, it, yeah, it's coming to everything. I'm going to buy it on Switch regardless. That's, that's yeah, super that's weird. Interesting. Yeah, it's coming to everything. Switch, PC, both Xboxes, uh, or all three Xboxes, and PS5, PS4. Yeah. That's, so. I'm I'm actually really excited now because I I feel like that there has been more games come out this year for the Switch that I genuinely am excited for than last year and I'm super stoked to I'm always stoked to buy more games for the fucking Switch. So just going back to Returnal real quick, do you feel like this is and and genuinely because I, I mean you and I are pretty much the same fucking person we pick up something we put it down we go back to something we're comfy with yeah do you feel like this has been like a a nice like side quest for you like it's like oh this has been kind of cool for a few minutes do you genuinely feel like you will go back to finish it or do you just feel like 
you enjoyed your time with it, but now you're going to go back to like fucking Persona or Pokemon <laughs> or something. Uh, no, I I mean I'm I plan on playing it as soon as we're done recording. I I really enjoy Sweet. it. Sweet. I want to play that between awesome. that and the other game I'm about to talk about. Uh, yeah. Especially since awesome, I don't man. have to work tomorrow. I got all the time in the fucking world tonight to do shit. Nice. Well, shit. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, real quick before... Um, I, I forgot to put it on the list uh, for my games, but um, one thing I wanted to t- touch on real quick was um, I finished Citizen Sleeper. Um, I am in love with this game. I think that it is very good, and I really, really, really want everyone to play it. Um, it is not the typical uh, RPG that a lot of people would think of, and uh, I think it it maybe isn't for everyone, uh, if I'm being completely honest. But it sure as fuck is for me. I loved every minute of it. Um, I really, really recommend playing this game. Um, now, I know I said this a couple days ago, uh, or maybe like the last episode, um, I had kind of fallen away from, um, Dead by Daylight a little bit, and I, uh, fucking I hated that I had fallen away because you know I, I liked the game so much um, but it, you know it is what it is it just I, I come in ebb and ebbs and flows with it uh, a lot uh, or I at least I have recently where I, I would play it religiously and then I wouldn't play it at all and then I would play it like here and there and then you know whatever it doesn't doesn't matter but I've come back around because it is the sixth anniversary event, and on top of that, uh, they have new characters. Um, one is Hattie, um, Hattie Carr, and uh, the new killer is called the um, the Dredge, I believe. And um, I wanted to see what these characters were all about, and uh, man. Um, this game has not really lost a beat. I mean, I think that there are, uh, I I said it when I was talking about evil dead, the game the other day. Uh, I I think that evil dead is 100% the, um, evolution of the asymmetrical genre. I, I really think that like going forward, people who are going to play games like this or make games like this rather, um, they should be looking to Evil Dead for inspiration and not necessarily Dead by Daylight because there are things for sure that Evil Dead does does way better. Um, that said, Dead by Daylight is still probably the king. I, I still think this game is really incredible. And the, the two new ki- characters that I had not... Uh, or not characters, but like um, killers that I had... Um, not played against yet were um, the dredge and the, uh, I hope to God I'm playing this or saying this correct. The on Rio uh, on Rio uh, ring girl. And 
I can happily say that they are both absolutely fucking terrifying. Um, <laughs> I, I say happily. Uh, that, that's not really true. It's it's horrifying. Um, but the uh, I'll start with the Dredge because I've seen him a lot more. I think probably because he's... Uh, or Not he. It, I guess, is a lot newer. Um... And it's basically just this big blob, uh, and it's like skeletons and like flesh and just, uh, it's weird. I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. It is, it looks horrifying and it has this, um, ability where it, uh, basically kind of leaves like a little bit of itself behind and then will teleport to any locker across the map, uh, which really like adds mobility to it. Um, but it is one of the most scary fucking things in the world when you'll be working on a generator, and then all of a sudden you hear the the like crash of the of the locker doors opening, and it's right there on top of you. Um, Josh, I fucking had a problem playing this game before. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's like you're saying this, and it's like I'm getting more excited to play it. I've been wanting to play it, but it's like, dude, I had issues with fucking uh, Pinhead. Mm. Man, <laughs> I had issues with uh, dude. What, what's a scary one that I always freaked out over? I mean, anything that can just appear behind me, I didn't mm. like. That sounds awful but in a good way like you said yeah. uh yeah it's um well uh so there's that and it also has another ability called nightfall where basically anytime you do something at, that's on the on the killer end of things that would be a positive like whether you hit a survivor or hook them or you know whatever um anytime that, that happens you have a little meter that builds up and uh, the meter basically, when it's full, the entire map goes dark. And it is, as a survivor, so incredibly fucking hard to see anything. And uh, the dredge loses its terror radius, so you can't hear it coming at all. Oh. So, <laughs> so it is... So it's pitch black with no warning whatsoever yeah. that they're standing yeah. right there. Yeah. The the dredge is I gotta look up a picture of this. Horrifying. Um the uh the Unreal, um, I've only played against maybe three times. Um, but basically when um when you start uh, the match as the Onryo, uh, you are invisible to everyone, um, and you become intermittently visible when you're nearby them. So, like, you'll be invisible, but if you get within a certain radius of, of a survivor, it kind of glitches, and, like, you can see yourself kind of, like, glitching towards... Or, or you don't see yourself, sorry. The survivors will see you sort of, like, glitching towards them. Um, and there are also these TVs that are positioned all around the map, uh, and you can teleport 
to them um, and basically giving any survivor uh, the condemned status. Uh, and when the survivor reaches seven, uh, like there's a little wheel around the survivor. Once it reaches the seven stacks of condemned, which is supposed to be like seven days, you know, um, they can instantly be killed when they're downed. So if you hit them and they go down, you can kill them. Um, there are things that you can do to kind of cut down on that. Like you can, um, uh, you can power down the TVs or, um, you can also take out the videotapes. I'm not quite sure how that mechanic works because like I said, I've only played against her like three times, but, uh, I think that the way it works is like, um, once you gain the videotape, you kind of slowly, uh, grab that, uh, condemned status. And when you put the videotape in another TV, um, you lose some of that status. I, I need to look into it more and see how exactly it works. But, um, yeah, she is also terrifying because like I said, she's invisible, but can pop up and, and fuck you up. So, <laughs> um, very good stuff. Yeah, I looked up a picture of the dredge, and I do not like that. Don't like that. <laughs> nope. Um, the the two survivor characters, uh, Yoichi Asaka and Harikar, um, the the thing about new survivors is that they don't get these cool abilities; they just get perks. Um, and I haven't had enough time with either of them to really. Um, to to really dig into their their perks and how how they can stack with other things, but um, one for sure from Yoichi is uh, it's called Dark Theory. It's it's a boon totem. So when you uh, create the boon totem, everyone within range gains an additional boost to their movement speed, which is really good when you're trying to get away from killers. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, I'm still trying to figure out ways to like implement that into a, into a build. Um, so yeah, uh, their perks, I don't feel like are as strong, uh, as the, um, the perks from previous characters, but I like their designs. Yoichi's in like this yellow kind of raincoat and, uh, Hattie has this. Um, she's Indian, but she has this sort of like streak of shock blue color in her hair. So like that's, I I don't know. She really stands out to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I like everything that, uh, these two latest expansions have had to offer in terms of like their killers and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, and the game's really good. I, I still really, really fucking love this game. Um, it's... I I don't think it's as good as Evil Dead, the game. But right now, uh, you know, the the sixth anniversary event is going on. And they're making some changes to gameplay. Like, um, in the coming months, they're implementing a new system where uh, when you prestige a character, um, depending on what... Uh, 
what level prestige you were at determines whether or not um, the skill perks for those survivors are unlocked for everyone else, as opposed to having to get the survivors up to level... Uh, I think it's level 40 where you get all three of their, their perks, their teachable perks. So now it'll be like, oh, I've... You know, I've uh, prestiged this character. Now everyone has access to my first level perk or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a good game. So, hell yeah, Dead by Daylight. I love Dead by Daylight. I need to go back and play some. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, it's been a while. Well. Um, let's go ahead and get to our picks of the week and then we can get out of here. Uh, yes, sir. All right. So my pick is, um, I'm actually, I guess, doubling down on my theme from last week. Uh, but it's called, uh, it's a video from, uh, the Cosmonaut Variety Hour, um, which is called The Rise of Skywalker, Why It Sucks. Um, and I just really like this video because <laughs> it... It really explains all of my problems with not just kind of like the rise of Skywalker, but why the trilogy kind of like as a whole fucking sucks. Um, it is a bigger channel, and I, I I would rather give you know marks towards smaller creators because uh, you know I'm a smaller creator, and I I would I would like to think that like you know shouting out smaller creators and giving them like a platform is is nice, but. Um, <laughs> Even still, Marcus from Cosmonaut Variety Hour, he's one of the first things that, like, I... Uh, he, he's one of the first creators that I started following on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, just to go go check that out. Um, Austin. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, I didn't put one down because I forgot to, do, to finish the doc before this episode and my phone's dead, so now I can't. But what I was going to put down was your video. And I know that we've already kind of jerked you off over this enough this episode, but really fucking good, man. And I am super, 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 uh, 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 proud of you for your content creation. It's very wonderful. And I am excited to, uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited for this final fantasy one. You keep hyping up. Well, don't be too excited because it's a long way away. I'm still writing it. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sure. But, but nevertheless, I am excited for what other uh, whatever content that you have in that pipeline of yours. Very wonderfully made shit. Well, thank you, sir. Word. Uh, Dylan, what you got? Uh, no, I agree. I, you make the best videos. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> you want my pick of the week? Yes, that's what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my pick of the week, I just went and saw them in concert. Uh, Def Leppard, their album Hysteria. Um, fan- fantastic, fantastic. When I was watching them uh, on stage this past week, I mean, it feels like I was watching them directly from the 80s, but now they have not missed a step. They are fantastic. This album is incredible, and Hysteria is one of my favorite songs from them in general. So check it out. <clears throat> nice. Okay. Cool. All right. Well... With all of that said, um, let's go ahead and uh, get into the socials and the shout-outs and stuff. Um, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Bop family of content. 
Culture Bop is available on Twitter at culture underscore bop, which I keep forgetting to take this off the docket. Um, for now, I'm not utilizing that account. I'm sorry. It just isn't happening. Uh, but you can follow us over in, on Instagram at culture underscore bop. Uh, go check out my videos on YouTube. Uh, there is now a custom URL. Uh, so you don't even have to search ooh, for me ooh. anymore. Uh, you go to youtube.com slash C slash culture bop. And that's where my channel is. The, the little C thing is for channel, I think. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that's the, that's the URL and, uh, and I'm sticking to it. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I am available on Twitter at the bebop man one eight two on Instagram at bebop man one eight two on and on Twitch at the underscore bebop man, where I will be streaming again uh, momentarily. I am I am slowly but surely working my way back into the streaming space. Um, yeah, Dylan is doing much the same. Uh, you can find him on Twitter omdizzytv, on Instagram omdizzy, on Twitch at omdizzy, where he will be back. And on YouTube at OMDizzy, where I believe you said that you're going to be working on some Let's Plays. Is that right? What? What? Content? Oh, what? my God. Is this, is, this a, is this the world's first? What? Blowing my mind? No. Yeah. Um, I went back to streaming today for the first time. Um, I'm going to shoot for like a Monday through Thursday thing if, if my week cooperates, which sometimes it does not. And then... Uh, Next chance I get, I'm going to I, I got a I got a let's play plan for the uh, YouTube channel, so that is coming. Hell yeah! Ooh. What is the let's play? Got to stick around and find out. It also <laughs> help if you sub to the channel, so when I drop the video, you know when it when it's up. Ooh, look, look at that. that! Look at that! Look at that! Bam! Uh, nice little tease. All right. Speaking of teases, Austin. You're <laughs> you're available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Plays, on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Um, yes. What you got going on over there? So hopefully, or not hopefully, I'm gonna make myself fucking do it. Um, but throughout the rest of the week, I I am hoping to get a lot of TikTok content done. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff I want to talk about and I want to uh, make quick little videos about uh, some of the topics that I have planned out so far are uh, like going from underrated manga like Dylan suggested. Uh, there, there was one I was going to talk about today that recently came out that I, I don't see anyone talking about called uh, Ruri the Dragon. I was originally going to talk about it on the episode, but because there's only two chapters, I was like, well, fuck, there's only so much I can fucking say. So I might as well take that shit off. Um, so I'll leave that for a and TikTok. And take it to TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Because those things can only be 60 fucking seconds long anyway. Um, well, now you can do longer ones. But uh, <clears throat> I want to do a topic about uh, two characters, specifically being uh, Katsuki Bakugo and NG Todoroki uh, from My Hero Academia and why I think they are some of the greatest characters uh, or have some of the greatest character development in a lot of shonen manga. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited to, to sit down and get started on some of these. A lot of these I've already typed out. Um, uh, another really big one for me that I'm super fucking stoked, uh, pumped up to uh, read more about and do is um, why I think uh, the end of Evangelion is a fucking masterpiece and is a phenomenal ending to that series. 
and in my opinion should have been the end of that series so yeah well hell yeah man um awesome well uh one thing that uh i have also not put into the talk is there's now a culture bop uh tiktok channel so uh we'll be putting out some content over there it's just uh let me look at it real quick and get the username just to make sure that i'm correct the latest update for tiktok is here i don't care i just <laughs> okay it's uh yeah it's just at culture pop so go over there and check it out um like i said we'll be adding more stuff over there um soon i've got to figure out a routine that will work for me to get that content uh to you guys in in those forms but anyway we need to get out of here but before we do if you're looking to support the podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then go to patreon.com slash culturepop and toss us a pledge. We're offering some very cool perks, and once we start hitting our goals, even more content will be on its way. And I would like to do a special shout-out to our patrons for making oh, this podcast no. and all podcasts and all videos uh possible oh no <laughs> i didn't know you'd be reading these or i'd have chosen something <laughs> <lot easier. laughs> well too late now buddy so oh, our no. uh patrons are justin parasolophilus ruis shereen mosasaurus khan tani tyrannosaurus sulman Jeffrey Allosaurus, Scissor Toe, not CR Toe, Blake Gallimimus Graham, Lisa Di... Uh, I've never heard of that one. Diplodocus Long? Yeah. Okay. Enough. Sean uh, Baryonyx O'Keefe Jr., Bren Ankylosaurus. <laughs> what a, <laughs> why is that one funny? Oh. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining, like... Bryn's going to take major offense of that. Like, what do you have against my ankles? Uh, right. You're also going to have to mute, like bleep out her name. Oh, no, no. She's she's good now. She uh, Okay. I, I talked with her specifically about it, so she, she, we're, okay. we're solid. I think I changed her in the bop document, so I need to go back. I think I changed her to Brynjamin Button or something. Uh... Dylan Stigamoluk, yeah. Martin, Austin Brontosaurus Stevens, and Gilbert, newcomer, Gilbert Velociraptor Kitchens. So thank each and every one of you for making this stuff possible. Um, it, it genuinely really does help. I, I'm able to pay for uh, the hosting of the podcast um, and for all of the editing stuff that I do for the videos through the Adobe Premiere Suite because of the Patreon. So thank you guys so very much. Um, you're awesome. Uh, but that's it. That is the end of our show. Do you guys have anything that you'd like to say before we get out of here? Nope. No. No. <laughs> All right. Well, 
Until next time, goodbye.